here's the thing about change. It happens whether or not you want it to. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name is Heather Gray, and I'm a mindset and performance coach over at choosetohaveitall.com. And it is so good to be back in your earbuds after such a long break. I took a couple of weeks off and I stepped back from not just the podcast, but from my business, because those of you who are jumping into the middle of the story already know that my husband and I have been in the middle of a long, um, arduous process, but we did a cross-country move from Boston to California, and we moved a week ago uh, Thursday. So we're just getting settled into our new digs. Um, those of you listening to me on the podcast are hearing the audio, but I'm also doing something new to catch people up. I'm also recording this live on video for people so that they can um, follow me on Facebook or in my email community. There's a lot of people that update about how I've been, what I've been up to, and I know that I went MIA. And when I was starting to think about like, what I wanted to say to all of you and the message that I wanted to share, it really comes down to the mindset of change. I talk a lot about daring greatly, about taking big risks, deciding the life you want, um, the things you need to get it, and then making the deliberate action steps you need to get there. And we've talked a lot about life lessons. We've talked a lot about business lessons. If you've been listening to the show and following me online, you know my message. In the past month, I've been living it in real time. It's been mindset, moment by moment, mindset, day by day. Who do I want to be? How do I want to move through this world, through this experience? And what do I want my life to look like on the other side of it? And how do I make decisions in the moment that are going to get me there in the long term? It's been a real journey. And it would be awesome if I could just come here and talk to you and share all the wins and share all the highs and tell you about sunny California with 60 degree weather on Christmas Day. And that's certainly a part of the story. But that's almost the ending or the next pause button. I don't think I'm going to reach the ending until we have a new home. Those of you who are watching me on video know that I am you know, have a hotel room in the background here. So I'm not going to land anytime soon. This transition isn't going to be done. And I think that's true for a lot of people watching and listening, is that when we make big change, when we take bold moves and daring steps, it doesn't happen all at once. Um, before I wrapped up my podcast, I read the excerpts from The Velveteen Rabbit. And change and what we go through, it really happens bit by bit. And I have to be honest with all of you that the bits by bits with me were not easy. Um, I don't think I have ever in my life cried as many days in a row as I cried leaving Boston. I had goodbye after goodbye, hard conversation after hard conversation. It really was brutal because I am somebody who goes all in with my life. I go all in with my relationships. Those of you who know me because you've worked with me know what it's like to work with me and how much I show up and how present I am for people I serve. You got to know that when I do it personally and friendship and family relationships and in my own relationship with my husband, I am all in. And what I really learned in the process of leaving and packing up a life is that when you are all in, the natural consequence of how you live and how you love is it is brutal to say goodbye. 
I'm really hoping that I can get through this episode and not cry and not have you have to listen to me bawling my eyes out. I really hope that I've come to a place of acceptance here where I can tell the story and share the lessons and you can learn from me without having to deal with all the tears and the emotion. But it was a lot of goodbyes and it really did feel like packing up a life. And it made me realize why so many people kind of go into fight or flight at that time. Like, I don't know if any of you remember when you graduated high school, but suddenly everybody's fighting, nobody's getting along, and every little conflict is like the worst conflict ever. And it's because there's an intensity to goodbye. It's not easy. It's vulnerable. Um, a lot of my friends are, I know, and my family too, are worried that I'm going to come out to California and I'm never going to come back or I'm never going to want to come back, um, that our relationships are going to be changed by the distance. There's a lot of fears. And I got to tell you that I had them. I am somebody who thrives on relationship. I'm an introvert, but I really value deep, personal, intimate relationships with the people in my life. I don't have a large group of friends, but the people that I have, I keep close to me. And it's always been a little part of my story that I was able, I'm kind of like the toddler. My version and my story of myself is I'm the toddler where as long as I can take a couple of big, bold, daring steps and look back and see mom there or see my best friends there or my husband there or somebody there to tell me, it's okay, you got this, keep going. I'm able to keep going. My biggest fear to come to life was that I was gonna fly to California and without a person and without my people and without my tribe, that I wouldn't be able to live as bravely and as boldly and as honestly and authentically as I've gotten accustomed to living. And I gotta tell you, it's gonna be scary the first time I start reconnecting in California because I had to face some really hard goodbyes. And I had to live in the natural consequence of loving deeply and being all in with the people in my life is that it felt like being gutted. I, at one point in time, I was in the hotel room sobbing in my husband's arms, and I said, I just want the bleeding to stop. And I, you know me, <laughs> I, can be, I can be dramatic with the best of them, but I wasn't saying it to be dramatic. It really felt like an artery was being severed. It, it, there were moments where I said, honest to God, I don't know if I can do this. But the thing is, is I've always wanted to be the person who would move and have an adventure. I hated New England for the longest time, but I never imagined being able to leave my people. But I wanted a warmer climate. I wanted nicer people. I wanted an easier, more relaxed way of living. I kind of pictured it in all honesty in North Carolina and Colorado. I didn't think it was gonna be the full cross country move whenever I daydreamed about it. But I really wanted that for myself. And there were times over the past couple of years where I resented my own reliance on the relationships in my life because I felt like my tendency to value my people above everything was kind of holding me back from the full life that I wanted. I've always known that I wanted a warmer climate. And if it weren't for my husband's job, I may never have done this. Um, and he got the brutal end of all the resentment, all my hurt, all my anger for the longest time. And now that we're on the other side of it, I'm 
the person who left and I'm the person who took the big leap and said all the goodbyes and had all the hard talks. And here's what I can tell you, friends. Loving deeply is absolutely worth it. A lot of people don't get close to one another. A lot of people don't want to get intimate and make especially close friends or share information about themselves or have the really hard talks with their family members or really just dive deep in intense personal connection. And if that's not your bag and that's not your jam or whatever, that's fine. But I have to tell you, after what really did feel like having an artery severed, I can still sit here and tell you absolutely worth it. I've only, I'm not even two weeks in, but I can tell you it's worth it on the other side. Loving deeply, living deeply, it's worth it even when you lose it, even when the relationship has to change, even when the ways of connecting have to bend a little bit and there's a three hour time zone between you. Um, I don't regret getting that close to people, even though I had to feel all of the feelings when it came time to leaving. That being said, I don't know how quickly I'm going to be jumping in and trying to make new best friends and get to know new people here on the West Coast. I definitely want to get to know acquaintances and whatever, but I, I still have a little bit of ricochet going on for myself and feeling like I have to adjust and settle and see where I land before I reconnect with people. But this is the thing that everyone's afraid of when they get close. They're afraid of having their heart broken. And I felt like I had my heart broken a gazillion times. Um, on that Thursday that I flew out, I was on the airport bathroom floor crying. Um, I just, I couldn't look at, I couldn't look out the window of the city and we were at the gate, had this beautiful view of Boston and I just, that's the place where I became an adult. That's the place where um, the woman you've come to know today found herself and figured her shit out and learned the hard lessons and made the bad decisions and recovered from the bad decisions. Um, I became the person I really liked there. Um, and I just got so scared to leave. And I think it's a six hour flight, I think. And I think I probably cried for the first two hours. Um, and then I want to tell you what happened next. Because what happened next is pretty magical. We checked into the hotel and the guy told us that the Wi-Fi password is happy. Like the word happy. And given the fact that I talk to people all the time about choosing happiness and that happiness is a choice and, you know, that we have one life to live and we have to choose it and happiness is a value that I put above a lot of things, it just felt like things might be looking up for us, that maybe we were on the other side of hard. And then to the right of the guy who was checking me in at the hotel was a maintenance guy and he was wearing a Patriots hat in California, my New England Patriots. I got to see them within the first 15 minutes of landing at the hotel. Someone else was representing them. And it was this feeling that I didn't have to leave everything behind, but I really had to be willing 
to go back and start looking for the green lights. And if you haven't listened to that podcast episode that I did a couple of months ago, go back and find listen for the green lights or look for the green lights, I think I called it. You're really gonna wanna tune into that one because I've made that a mindful practice since I've landed. I knew that I would still be sad, missing my parents, missing my sister and nephews and my friends. I knew there was gonna be a whole pile of hard, but I've been looking for the green lights and friends, they are everywhere. They are everywhere. But I had to go through the hard to get there. I, I can't wait to tell you all the good things that are happening and all the like little moments of magic and, you know, sort of cool things that have been happening in just two weeks. But the main point here is that when I was on the floor in the bathroom airport, like I, I didn't think I was, I didn't know what it was going to look like on the other side. I knew enough about myself to know that I'd figure it out and it wouldn't be as bad as it felt in that moment. But so many people stop or quit or don't get on the plane or cancel the trip or close the business or don't start the business. Whatever your dream is, whatever your wish is, there are going to be moments of hard. Whatever has brought you to the show today, whatever goals you have for yourself in the coming year, you are going to face impossible odds, impossible moments of hard, and you are going to have to decide for yourself that you are going to gut it through so you can get to the other side of hard. The next thing I want to talk to you about is word choice, because you've heard me say things like severing an artery, feeling gutted, and wanting the bleeding to stop. And I, I have to be honest, that's how it felt. Um, I, I really was like, I'm going to run out of tears at some point, right? Like this gets easier. And it didn't get easier for the longest time. And the first or second day, I was talking to a friend of mine and, from back home. And I, you know, I said something to her about like, oh, I was like, I, I, I finally think we figured out how to cauterize the artery. Like, I feel like we've been able to stop the bleeding. And she's like, Heather, you may have landed in California, but you haven't landed yet. You don't have a home. You've been living in a hotel for two months now. You're away from friends. You're away from family. You've taken a back seat in your work. There's nothing familiar around you. Like you may feel gutted, but you just simply haven't landed yet. You need an anchor. And suddenly the word choice just opened up and changed everything. Think about it, friends. Think about what it means to go from, oh, I felt gutted. It felt like an artery was being severed. I felt like my heart was being broken 10 times, 20 times, to, oh, I was just drifting. I haven't landed yet. There's nothing to hold on to. But it's such a strength-based perspective. And if luck had gone a little bit more my way, those of you watching me on video would be able to see me holding up a little anchor keychain because I've been looking for one ever since because I wanna find that symbol of just anchoring myself to shore, of recognizing that I simply haven't been able to sit still. I, part of building a new life means building a new foundation. And before you build the foundation, you have to, you know, 
probably break it all down and make it crumble a bit. And that's what I did, but I haven't landed and I have nothing to hold on to. So I'm building the foundation and I need an anchor. And the power and word choice in that, going from something that felt like dying <laughs> to something that feels like safety and feels like living and loving and having it all be okay in the end, it simply changes everything. So when you're thinking about the experience you're having and you're thinking about your struggles, your obstacles, your hard times, your broken hearts, I think what I learned here is a really important lesson in language and in word choice. We want to validate our experience. We want to own it. And if I'm guilty of anything, I certainly owned my experience in the past month or two. But we also want to make sure we still apply a strength-based perspective to it, where we still allow ourselves the hope and the possibility that things are going to be okay on the other side. When we use language like gutted and severing an artery and broken hearts, there's a permanency to that. But most of the hard that comes with change isn't permanent. It doesn't break us. In fact, sometimes it builds us and makes us stronger. And a friend of mine gave me a quote, actually it's the same friend who said the word anchor, and she said that her mom has this saying, and I wish I had written it down because I don't think I'm going to get it right for you, but it's the idea of I'm really looking forward to meeting the person I am after this is all played out. Like, so this idea of I'm looking forward to finding who I am after all of this change has passed. And I, I really am. I'm looking forward to meeting myself after this is all over because I think this is going to change me. In fact, I know it's going to change me because I'm going to let it. And I think that's the next challenge. You probably are listening to this, coming to this show, not because you're in, well, partly because you're in the choir I'm preaching to, but also because you have big dreams and big goals for yourself and you have no freaking clue how you're going to get there. Part of how you're going to get there is by recognizing you got to get through the hard. You have to choose the hard to get to the other side. And you have to choose to let the change change you because otherwise you're just running away and everywhere you go there you are like you cannot run away from yourself it doesn't work I have looked myself in the eye I've been boldly daring honest I've made myself crazy with analysis paralysis but I've looked at myself and I am open to this experience changing me changing my values, changing the way I look at the world, changing my priorities. I am open to whatever happens next. And a lot of the times when I talk to people who struggle with mindset, who struggle with building their businesses or building their lives on their terms, that's actually the place where they really struggle, is they don't want to change parts about themselves that have been Sort of their security blankets, I think, have been the things that have wrapped them up and it helped them feel safer, more comfortable, more secure. It really just, um, it just hasn't worked for them and it gets scary. And the only way I know how to teach people how to do it is to clue in to how it goes on the other side. To remember what I said at the beginning of this episode, the thing that we know about change is it happens whether or not we want it to. So if we know it's going to happen anyway, 
we got to get in control of it. And that's the next part that I wanted to talk to you about today when we talk about mindset and change is taking control in the places we can. One of the places where I have been really fortunate to be able to get an enormous amount of control is in my business. I made a deliberate choice while I was so emotional, while I was going through my personal things, to put my people and myself before my business. I backed away from the podcast, I backed away from most of my scheduled calls, and I kept contracts and services with people at a level that I could maintain and feel good about delivering with integrity without burning myself out. I was less present on social media, I was less consistent with my email list. Those of you who are on my email list watching this know this, it's been a really long time since you've heard from me. But I gave myself permission to identify what I needed and be unapologetic about it. I wanted to teach all of this to you in real time in mindset lessons, but I knew I couldn't do it with any effectiveness if I'm just bawling the entire time. And I also knew that like this process of selling a home and moving and all of that, there's just a ton of logistics and people need you at a dime. They want an email back in seconds. You need to respond to this. You need to hire a lawyer for that. You need to plan for this. And there was just so many tasks in my personal life that I made the decision to move away from my business. And a lot of times people feel trapped by decisions they've made and they refuse to take control over, over the things that they can. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of people wouldn't have done. They would have felt sort of pushed by the financial burden of walking away from a business for two weeks. They would feel guilty and feel like they should be able to handle their business and their personal life. Everybody moves all the time. We all talk about laptop lifestyle, what's the big damn deal, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, I knew for me, I would stress myself out. I would, it would just be filled with this frenetic energy. I'd be all over the place. Nothing would make sense. Nothing would get done. And so I just simply decided for myself that I was going to take some time. And I did. And I also, in doing that, and this is the important part, friends, I perceived the opportunity of when I'd be able to get back to it. And I scheduled it. That's the difference between backing off and numbing out and being the boss of your business still. I knew that I was going to want a week to move and then I was going to want a week to settle in. I gave myself that time and then I got back to it today as soon as the Christmas holiday was over. So part of this is when you take control, you can't just make the decision. You also have to make the plan. You have to decide for yourself what it's going to look like and what the end date's going to be to the best of your ability. And you're not always going to know. But if you don't handle that part mindfully, then you're checking out of your life. You're numbing out. I never at any point in time didn't feel like I was the boss of my business simply because I wasn't working because I really did believe that what was best for my business and what was best for me personally is for me to work less. And so I allowed myself to work less, but I also know that means I'm working this week between Christmas and New Year's of 2017. Those of you who are listening to this or watching this later, and I, you know, this is the time when most people are on holiday, but I don't need holiday now. I had the time I needed when I needed it. And so now I'm back at it. And all of that 
was predetermined um, back, I think, on December 10th when I realized I really needed to sort of focus and get centered on whatever was going to happen next. And that's what I want you guys to think about. When you think about the life you're trying to build, the business you're trying to build, the obstacles you perceive, the obstacles that are actually happening. Because when life happens and loved ones get ill or you have challenges and stressors, everything goes to hell in a handcart for a little while and you really do need to regroup. But if you control what you need the way you need it and you identify for yourself the compromises that you're willing to make and the compromises you're not willing to make, everything starts to get a little bit easier. And I think you'll find that for yourself. I think you'll find that if you get in the driver's seat of your life and your business and you recognize the parts of change that you can control, then it feels more possible. It feels more strengths-based. It feels more open-minded. It feels more hopeful and less like you're trapped by your own decisions. But when you start making decisions based on other people's expectations or what you think your customers and clients are going to expect or your audience who follows you and you start making decisions that are not in, like, in line with what you need or what you want for yourself, you are going to feel that. It's going to feel like you're a pretzel and you're twisted and you're turning and nothing you deliver is going to be genuine. It's not going to come from that authentic place. I could not wait to get on this podcast and talk to you guys today. But if you made me do this last week, I would have been pissed and resentful because I wasn't done getting settled. I, I needed to figure out where things were here in town for a little bit before I could go, you know, out and, and put my face on, so to speak, and start teaching again and talking to people again. And the other thing, as I look, I'm totally looking at cheat sheets. So some of you on video just caught me doing that. And on the podcast, you heard the awkward pause and that's what it was. But I, it, this was an important lesson. I know you guys are usually used to hearing me spitball, but I wanted to make sure that I got to all my important points today. So I do have a cheat sheet next to me. Um, the thing that we t I take away from this, it is the ultimate lesson in holding both. And this is a concept you guys have heard me talk about since the beginning of my work, where we have to hold the good with the bad. A lot of times people think mindset is about thinking positively. That like, and I, you just heard me walk through that, right? Like I just walked through the strengths-based perspective of how you choose your words and how you define your experience, defines your actions. And you guys know that. But the other part of it is, is that you have to hold the good with the bad. Yes, my heart was broken a thousand times before I left Boston, but yes, California accessibility for my husband and his wheelchair are freaking amazing. It is indescribable to me how different the culture is on the West Coast for accessibility compared to the East Coast. It is ridiculous how easy and welcoming people are for wheelchairs compared to where we came from. I always kind of imagined that the ADA existed and everything was pretty much the same across the country, but it really isn't. The accessibility options here, the things that we get to do, paved paths along beaches, clear handicap parking signs, clear ramps within parking lots so that you can connect from one strip mall to the next, whereas in New England that never happens. It's really incredible. So there was a pile of heart in saying goodbye, and suddenly my life is a little bit easier because accessibility is easier. 
the weather here on the West Coast, everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, but you don't miss the East Coast weather. No, I, I don't miss the East Coast weather. It's going to be one degree in Boston on Friday, and we're looking at 77 on Friday here in California. You're not going to hear me complain. But for me, it's also about recognizing that my husband doesn't have to be trudging through ice and snow on his wheelchair to get to work. So yeah, I'm grateful for the, the hot, warmer temperatures. I'm not going to complain. But the real meaning of it for me is that life is easier for him. And when life is easier for him, it's easier for me too. And I have to hold both because I know that the honeymoon is full in effect. It's only been two weeks. I haven't, I've gone two weeks without seeing my best friend before. I've gone months before I've seen my parents. I've gone weeks without talking to my favorite people. So it's going to take a while, I think, before it really hits how long it's been since I've seen people. So I know I have to hold both, that it's not going to be easy. But it's also giving myself permission that when it's easy, I own it. And then when it's hard, I own that too. And I own the hard. And those of you who heard me talk, you know, kind of behind the scenes and knew how hard it was, I, I help know that I help both all the time. And that's why I'm talking honestly about it. I don't want to just come on a video and start talking on a podcast and start sharing with you guys like, hey, look at me in sunny California. Hey, how is it going? This is what Daring Greatly is all about. Because when I was on the floor in the airport bathroom, I did not feel like daring greatly. I felt like the weakest person on the planet because isn't this what I was supposed to want? Who doesn't want to move to California? Who doesn't want a warmer climate in the middle of winter? Um, so it's holding both. It's recognizing that daring greatly is being scared shitless and doing it anyway. Not knowing how the ending's going to go out, but like you're going to have faith in yourself that you can figure it out and rewrite your own ending if it doesn't work and get yourself there. It's holding the good with the bad. And I'm lucky and fortunate and incredibly grateful to be able to share with you that here on the West Coast, there has been a lot of good. There are a lot of signs that we absolutely made the right decision, that I came kicking and screaming, but it really is going to work out for us. But I have to hold both because I still... I'm somebody who's relationship driven and I'm still going to miss my people. But if you can hold and give yourself permission to recognize that the good doesn't erase the bad, that the good doesn't give permission for the bad, but that you just hold them both in equal measure, I think it's going to get a lot easier for you as you think about your challenges and your obstacles that you're facing in your 2018. The other thing that's really important here is a discussion about wants versus needs. I, this is a core work when I used to do relationship work in couples counseling in a mental health therapy field. I would talk to couples a lot about the idea that needs and relationships are non-negotiable and that we can wish them away. We could wish we were in a certain way in a relationship, but that if we're going to enter a relationship, we are agreeing by definition to meet the needs of the other person. We may get creative or have a different, you know, a different way of arriving to how we're gonna meet the need, but it's non-negotiable that the need gets met. The wants are the part that are not are negotiable. You may decide to compromise on some, you may decide that you can live without others, but you can negotiate those away. You can't negotiate your needs. 
And one of the things that I was glad that I could lean on is knowing in my bones that I wasn't going to negotiate my own needs away. I needed the time away from my business. I needed the increased time with my friends and with my family. I needed my schedule to be easy. I needed to not worry about money every 10 seconds, even though the sort of venture we're on is gonna be quite expensive. And I needed things to happen at a pace where I could manage. So that meant that I set boundaries accordingly and I talked to people about that and I had conversations about it. And I think sometimes when we are making changes that affect so many other people, the first thing we want to do is compromise ourselves away. I am standing here, sitting here in full confidence, talking to you, really energetic, really excited and happy to be here. That wouldn't have been true if I had negotiated my needs away, if I hadn't gotten time to buy myself when I needed time by myself, if I hadn't changed my work schedule or rearranged visits with family and friends based on what I wanted and needed. If I hadn't taken those steps to make sure my own needs got met, I wouldn't be sitting here and feeling calm and excited and interested in what happens next. I'd be exhausted. And the same is true for you. As you embark on whatever change you want to create for yourself in the new year, whatever new goals you have for yourself, whatever new processes you want to bring to the table, you need to know what you need in order to succeed. And if you don't know, get as close to the bullseye as possible with identifying that because you're going to have to compromise a lot in a lot of other areas. But the best way to stay true to yourself, the best way to stay on point and on task is if you know what you need to move through the world with success and with a sense of calm, and you'll be able to find your way. It doesn't happen any other way. Because when you're changing things and you're involving a lot of people, and we have lawyers and real estate agents and architects here on the West Coast and family members and service providers, and now my husband's dealing with HR at his job and they have a list of requirements that they need from him, it's so much easier to have other people's priorities, other people's needs be met first. If you make a promise to yourself, no matter what's going on, that you're still gonna take care of yourself. It may not be immediate. It may You may not get the need met the exact moment you need it, but if you make an assurance to yourself that you're gonna leave yourself at the list, that you're gonna give yourself a seat at the table, that you're gonna give yourself permission to exist, it's all gonna get better from here. Um, and I wanna tell you a little bit about what you can expect from me going forward. Going forward, I really do wanna be able to deliver this podcast for you on a daily basis. I do know, however, that my life is still in transition. I still need to find a house and a real estate agent is still gonna want me to be accommodating of her schedule. And when I have to put finding a home over podcasts, I hope you understand finding a home wins. I also, too, want to build and expand the type of services that I'm offering people. So coming up, you're going to hear about a couple of things that are coming your way, one of which I'm really excited is I'm going to start doing um, group workshops and trainings on specific topics. And the first one out of the gate is going to be showing up successfully. Um, I think that if we can't get over the idea of showing up, putting ourselves in the spotlight, being willing to ask for the sale, saying what we want, and going after 
what we need, we can't get anywhere else for the rest of the year. So stay tuned for that. And then also too, um, it's almost time for me to partner up with my buddy from across the pond, Jessica Lorimer. She's um, part of the Smart Leader Cell podcast. And she has a course called Cash Creation, where if you are struggling with building your business and getting the sales out there, she's on a six-week course starting uh, mid-January. So you're going to have to get in on it. You can write to me if you'd like information. But she and I are going to be partnering on helping people sell with more ease and learning the selling strategies that need to get you some bank in the beginning of the new year. So there's a lot going on. I'm going to be expanding my one-on-one -on -one practices. And if you need something particular from me, you're hoping I put something out to the universe in 2018. I am completely open to ideas. You're seeing the sort of brand new me here, right? Brand new here in California. I'm really excited for what has happened. I'm excited to find out what happens next. And I am so glad to have you guys with me along the ride. Thanks so much for tuning in. I've got a pile of letters from people that wanted my two cents during the time that I was away. So I'm going to start tackling those one by one starting tomorrow. I, I might try to do like a quick, um, you know, uh, rapid fire, I guess. I think I'm stealing that from Dear Shooters. Um, they have an advice podcast too. But I have a pile of uh, questions that people have sent in over the past two weeks. So I promise you, if you're one of those people, I will get to your question in the coming weeks. And uh, in the meantime, let me know if you do have a question. You can find me over at Heather at choosetohaveitall.com. And here's Mindset for Change in real time. Right, friends? I hope you've enjoyed today's show. I've certainly really enjoyed being back in your earbuds. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye for now.